welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I am so glad that you have made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. Hosting with me today is Rick Bernardo. Good morning. Good morning. And our topic, as we look at February, which is traditionally the month that people think of love and big hearts, we're going to kick off a series on the diversity of love connections. And Rick, you've been giving some thought to this. Tell us what you've been thinking about in terms of this. You, you, Mm -hmm. uh, You've created this series for us. Well, it's in process, just mm-hmm. like love is always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And especially if you love <clears throat> talking with people and listening and learning. Um, yeah, there, there's just everybody knows there's so many different kinds of love, forms of love, experiences of love. You know, I've heard people say, I love this person or I just met this person and I've – I've been in love before, but not this way. And I mean, it's, it's almost like there's different flavors. Uh, you know, so maybe, the Baskin <laughs> Robbins of love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe literal sometimes, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's different voices of love. In, in the wisdom uh, traditional language, there would be almost like there's different spirits of mm-hmm. love and layers. So I, I, I think of this as the way I think of Anything deep or possibly spiritual, uh, there's a vertical dimension and there's a horizontal dimension. There's a depth or lack thereof <laughs> in some kinds of love. And there's, there's also a breadth. There's a connection. Very much like every time you introduce Connections Radio, I think of um, the, a depth and breadth. of that. We're, we're trying to explore things within us and between us. And how deep can we go into that? And so we can navigate the whole human experience. And you always do a wonderful job bringing interesting people uh, on these topics. And you've got some uh, terrific uh, folks joining us today. We do. And first, uh, we have with us Charity Barlass. Uh, She uh, works uh, as the principal of Return to You Coaching. She's also a songstress and a sound alchemist. I'm still... I'm still vibrating from the sound bath. I, I took a sound in uh, a bath in sound or a sound in bath, same thing, uh, Studio One Yoga some weeks ago. Uh, she's the author of Let the Light In, uh, a wonderful, uh, I'll let her say a little more about that if she wants, but it's a wonderful book you can find online. She's an energy worker, and uh, we featured her on our January 21 broadcast as we were looking towards the year 2023. So good morning, Charity. Good morning. Good to hear your voice. Uh, so um, we, you and I had, had spoken about being together this morning with Lori. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, basically your whole stand on uh, relationships and love, just say a little bit about that and what return to self mean, just basically open slate. You know, what what is, what is really... Uh, where the good energy is for you and where you want to go with people. Absolutely. Um, I believe wholeheartedly we are here to remember that we are love, embody it and mirror it to others. And we're inundated with messages of not being worthy enough and you need this in order to 
feel whole or whatever the outside message is. And so my primary goal when working with clients is to remind them that they are whole and perfect as they are and how important it is to integrate different parts of oneself to to actually see and feel that they are love. And Charity, do you, do you experience uh, that – is it clear to you that sometimes people are just sort of missing that in some you know particular way or may, sometimes a number of ways, especially in a relationship? I can imagine you know, a lot of times I, I look back and I go, well, I was kind of in that relationship, but I wasn't even addressing this other aspect of myself and that was out of balance. Does that kind of thing happen? Absolutely. I mean – we, <laughs> if you think of movies, for example, we have, there's so much programming around codependency. And if someone doesn't actually do intentional work around that to gain the interdependence for a healthy relationship, um, oftentimes the default is codependency. And so in romantic relationships, oftentimes more than not, you'll see people saying, oh, well, you complete me, or I need you in order to breathe, but that's actually really unhealthy. It could be dangerous, I could think. Yeah. I kind of like the romantic part of it, but it's got a dark side. Well, I think it feeds feeds a certain part of a storyline, you know, that, and, and I appreciate what you bring up. We see this in the media uh, I think there's almost a mediated reality that that we then compare ourselves to. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and in that comparison, <laughs> I think marketing plays a role in this in that they oh, want to yeah. play on our fears. And, mm-hmm. and so if we aren't good enough or we don't match that, you know, there's the magic thing that we can buy that will complete us. Um, mm-hmm. whether that's a person that completes us and if they don't then we have to have some sort of magical accessory to to attract them to complete us um, mm-hmm. so do you go through some of that untangling of what the pressures are to buy and to have um, absolutely and what's that like how, how do you how do you address that um oftentimes it's um, just continuing to ask the person that I'm working with, why? What's the what's the root? Why are you feeling that way? Or why where do you think that stemmed from? Yeah. Is that your truth? Or is that a programmed truth? And where's that story? What what is that story <laughs> exactly. and where did you first exactly. buy in or believe in that story? Oh, yeah. Exactly. But one of the most powerful analogies that I've heard, I actually heard it from um, Peter Crone. He's a life coach. And he he said, remember yourself as an infant. Like truly visualize yourself as an infant. Feel into the love, the pure love, the pure source energy that was present. Like you're still that at your core. You just have to shed certain things. That you're not. I love that. I someone told me not that long ago that um, we are all our ages. You know, we are an infant because we were an infant. We're five years old mm. because we were five years old, 
we are mm-hmm. 13, we're 29, we're 52, we're all those things all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's not something that is the past. It's more our own layers that at any moment we can be anything we want in our ages mm-hmm. because we've been there. We know that. I know when I, when I teach ethics, uh, there's this idea of voices in our heads that come, sums up a lot because I really want people to be able to recognize that we have more than one voice going on within our beings. And mm. uh, and I you know I use the example of like you know if your significant other says you know Rick we need to talk and like uh uh-uh, uh no 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 I don't my six year old is running away now uh, like. Uh, and people, people kind of get that or at a job mm-hmm. or in a relationship. If somebody says something like that, you're just – you go back to like childhood very easily. Uh, and it's, if you can recognize that and then you have to get I, to I the bottom of it. I more often go back to my teenage years and become <laughs> ter- terribly rebellious. Uh, <laughs> you what? Good, good to have a, a set point there as a yeah. teen. That's good. <laughs> you don't tell me anything. <laughs> Who are you looking at? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I know. But that does give us choice, which is yeah. nice. And we could recognize. I'm sorry. My 13-year-old just came out. But I, 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 I will get my, um, my more mature 50-something in. Uh, in in yeah. relationship now, I just gotta say, <laughs> well, I, the awareness and the integration of all of that too is so key, you yeah. know. Yeah, because then we can tap deeper into that choice and how we show up. Well, I I still know I used to be the king of people pleasing uh, because mm. as the eldest child in my family, it was just I mediated everything and I learned to, to get good at that, which is a good skill, but. In a relationship, it actually led to me not being straight with people about what I needed. You know, mm-hmm. can you get that? Yeah, I'm sure we've all been in, uh, seen that in other people. It's easy to see in other people, but when it's yourself, so I think that can Absolutely. get funneled into the indirect. <laughs> you know, because I, 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 I think I vary between being a people pleaser and a and something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, well po- and if you feel into the root of people pleasing, it's to try and gain love Mm -hmm. and belonging. And so when we can recognize that that's the pattern and that there's levels of self-abandonment. And charity, which is... Breathe and pause. I was going to say, you would mention that if it's part (laughs) of a program, that's different than if it's actually, no, I'm really choosing this with my whole self. You know, that's a very Mm -hmm. different set of circumstances. Absolutely. So circling back to awareness, I mean, awareness is everything. And sometimes it's super painful to look at those patterns. And I mean, I'm a formal pe- former people pleaser as well, and sometimes still get stuck in that loop. Um, but if I pause and connect to center within myself and ask, is this something I authentically want to do? Am I showing up authentically as myself? I know uh-huh. what we'd like to do and explore in the next next uh, part of our broadcast is how what does that look like with people? What kind of tools? What kind of methods do you use? Is that okay? Yeah, sure, absolutely. It ranges. It really depends on where the person is within mm-hmm. their journey. Okay. Um, but I often utilize meditation, um, sound healing. Um, 
and I promise, Charity, we're going to give you a lot of good time to have us uh, explore all of those. And I just want to thank the audience um, for joining us on Connections Radio Show on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're going to be taking a commercial break, but we'll be right back. So stay tuned for the diversity of love connections. And welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've joined the conversation. And hosting with me today is Rick Bernardo as we discuss the diversity of love connections. That's still me. Thanks, Lori. Good to see you. And uh, we have with us for our first two segments of Connections Radio, Charity Barlass. Uh, who is a songstress, sound alchemist, and is the principal in Return to You Coaching. And we've been speaking with her about, um, I don't think we've used the word authenticity, you know, how we get back to our root selves and rather than things that we learn to adjust or move or decenter ourselves from. Good morning, Charity. Good morning. Uh, so good to hear your voice again. And uh, I, I, I try to tell people, uh, not for too long because it's kind of hard, what it was like. I went to a sound bath that you you did one evening at uh, Studio One Yoga. And it's just one of many tools you use. So that's one thing we wanted to uh, just hear a little more about that and, and any other tools you use in order to have people, uh, A, notice if something is kind of running them, you know, you use the word maybe programming and there's other words you, you were using, um, but also uh, return to themselves. So, um, yeah, could you say a little more about some of those tools that you use to help people notice and have choices? Absolutely. So when one attends a sound bath, um, it essentially resets the nervous system. Oftentimes, we're inundated <laughs> with so much in our daily lives that um, we don't even realize we're disassociated from our own bodies and uh, dysregulated in some way, oftentimes in fight, flight, or freeze. And mm. so, when, yeah, and so when um, someone experiences a sound bath, their nervous system gets to go, Ah, <laughs> it's a reset. Back to rest and digest. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's um, like it's like when the electricity goes down. <laughs> and you're absolutely. A, you're able to then flip the switches back. Absolutely. So you turn the electricity back on again. What's the uh, circuit breaker yeah. uh, or, or uh, fuse? <laughs> when the, yeah, hopefully the fuse isn't totally blown. <laughs> yeah. And I will say that. It's, you know, the experiences, everybody's experience is different. Um, someone who attended my last sound bath, she told me that she had this visual of her slaying a dragon. Oh. And so we connected. Yeah, it was really powerful. And so we connected on that. And I said, well, what do you think that means to you? And I said, are you navigating some challenging aspects right now? She said, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
And I'm like, well, what do you think that dragon, slaying that dragon means? And she's like, I got this. I'm like, yeah, you do. Oh. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> you absolutely do. And that's yes. from the experience of – and I don't want to skip over this, Charity. We're, we, we're using the word sound bath, but people mm-hmm. – so many people have no idea what we're talking about yet. And, and I'm still learning. I'm still vibrating from this experience. But could you <laughs> let's just paint a picture of like you go to a sound bath and what – what does that look and sound like? I know there's sound. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they've been around for thousands of years. The indigenous cultures um, know very well how powerful sound baths are. And now it's in mainstream. I mean, it's now on reality TV sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, but essentially, I have sound bowls, and they're attuned to the different chakras within the body. And I play the sound bowls, and they emit a frequency. And I sing. I also sing through my drum. Sing through, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that rings a bell, and, and literally mm-hmm. and otherwise. Um, how many mm-hmm. bowls do you, do you always have? The same number of bowls that you you, you sort of uh, you know you you kind of go around the rim, and it it it, it makes this. Uh, it evokes this amazing tone, set of tones. But how many bowls do you use, or is it always the same? I Yes, they are the same. I am going to be adding another bowl soon to my family of bowls. But as of <laughs> right now, I play with six. And then wow. um, I Charity, also... Charity, yes? would you just name the chakras that those six um, and how the bowls are tuned to those? Because I think that's interesting, too. My guess is if a chakra is a little out of uh, whack, <laughs> the mm-hmm. the bowl may help open that up. Absolutely. So the the chakras or the bowls that are attuned to the different chakras are the root chakra, which is down in your sacral or your sacrum area. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then your um, sacral chakra, and then the heart chakra, the throat chakra, and the crown. And so the crown is your your head. <laughs> and it'd be interesting if there was a chakra that the woman who felt like she could go slay the dragon, if there was a particular chakra that felt like, or, or a few that seemed to open up for her with, through that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, everybody's experience, it ranges, but I've also had a woman say that her heart just felt so close for so long due to some heartbreak, and she physically felt her heart open mm. within the experience. And actually, it brought tears to my eyes. It was just so beautiful to hear that because well, our hearts are so incredibly powerful. And it, it brings back to me your overall goal uh, that we've talked about in the past about how both love and nature creates uh, an opportunity for compassion and self-care and how how you help as a guide to make those discoveries with people absolutely nature is absolutely incredible Um, I mean first of all we are nature right so Mm -hmm. it's like what we see in nature is also a beautiful mirror Um, but if a client is having a hard time regulating oneself, I invite them to spend, even if it's just 10 minutes in nature a day, 
because nature activates all the senses. And so when one is in nature, it also helps regulate the system. And for me, getting back, because we're Connections Radio Show, there's a deep connection that we can start exploring when we're mm. allowing ourselves to, you know, be with the trees. <laughs> the, Absolutely. You, you can, after a while, I think you really can start sensing how the trees are welcoming you in and, and communicating with each other. And um, mm-hmm. it, it is magical um, if we really allow ourselves to see the magic. And that, I think that's part of the barriers that we can hit is how do we take that time, and you called it a pause, to allow mm-hmm. ourselves to really drink in the connection of nature. Absolutely. Just being still in nature, watching the waves on the lake, and listening to the wind in the trees, the it. rustling of the leaves. That is wonderful. Mm. So sacred. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I'm there with you. So I want to mention uh, Instagram.com slash I am Charity Barlass. Charity, just like the word, B-A-R-L-A-S-S. That's a website I'm giving out. Uh, if you want to peek in on uh, some of the sights and sounds of Charity's work. Uh, anything else, Charity, before we generally uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you more again. Anything else you want to say as we part? Um, just to remember the love that you are, especially this time of year. Uh, I know that especially in February, it's more about romantic relationships, but love is in all forms and in everything. And so I invite you to remember that. And one thing that, that strikes me, Charity, is that we can have a romantic love for ourselves. I mean, we oh, absolutely, <laughs> and, and make some the discoveries that we're so excited about when we're in relationship mm-hmm. can also happen when we're in really good relationship with ourselves. And I think that's what absolutely. you you bring to our awareness today is how are we loving ourselves and making a commitment to love ourselves. Absolutely, you can be your own best lover. And then that will be awesome. I, 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 all right, I have a date tonight now. <laughs> Thanks so so much, Charity, for joining us today. Uh-huh. And I want to thank the audience for being part of our conversation, making the connections, and enriching our relationships. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll continue our conversation on the diversity of love connections. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, and co-hosting with me today is Rick Bernardo as we talk about ideas that matter. And today, we're exploring all kinds of diversity of love connections. Rick, you've been thinking about this and kicking off the series today on this? I think, but also we want to put it into action sometimes. And having a discussion, having a dialogue, actually a conversation uh, can transform everything. That's where I learn everything. Even if it's sometimes a conversation with myself, i got to sit down for the voices in my head and have that. But uh, this morning... um, We've, we, after uh, speaking with Charity Barlas, we're also going to be speaking with Kirsten Lind Seal. Uh, she's a licensed marriage and family therapist in the Twin Cities. And uh, again, our topic is the many shades and forms and voices and spirits and contexts for love. 
And she's been working for years. Uh, uh, right now she does a, a, a virtual private practice, uh, completely virtual. It, it's a real practice, but it's you know online. Uh, a private practice where she works with individuals, couples, and all sorts of families. And she also can be seen regularly on WCCO's TV's mid-morning show. It's called Relationship Reboot uh, uh, that deals with uh, relationships. And good morning, Kirsten. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Kirsten. What we were when we were talking with Charity, we were talking about some expectations that people can put on themselves um, and yeah. not feel like they always live up to it. And what I love about the work that you do is that you you do that with uh, couples having you know the expectations over the span of the relationship and lives that can either kind of help or hurt uh, building that relationship. Yes. Um, yeah, expectations are really um, an important thing to pay attention to. I think we we very often have um, sort of unspoken expectations about ourselves and others in a lot of different aspects of our lives. But um, I will I will quote the fabulous Anne Lamott, um, who has a great um, saying about expectations, and it goes like this: Expectations are resentments under construction. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's true. Isn't that great? It's true. It's so pithy. And it's so true. And, it, and, and, it, and it, so, it's not, it doesn't take much to tip over from one indeed, to the other. Indeed. And, yeah. and here's the thing. I mean, it's not like we'll be able to, you know, it, it's not like we can say to ourselves, oh, oh, goodness, my, I have these, I have to not have any expectations. I mean, we're always going to have, like, you know, we expect when we open our eyes and it's like after 9 a.m., depending on where you are, central time, that there's going to be some form of sunlight, right? right. Like, we're, we, we have certain expectations about things, but when we have unexamined expectations about what our relationships are going to be like, that's where we can really run into trouble. And uh, in much of my work, I think, looking at it sort of conceptually, I spend a lot of time helping people figure out what their expectations are, whether they're realistic or not, and how to then navigate the difference between their expectations and those of their loved ones, whether that's a spouse or a partner or a family member, right, or a friend. Mm-hmm. So, And some of those expectations, I have to believe, are, are based in a storyline, either the storyline that came from their family or the storyline that they see on TV or the storyline yes. that they see from their friends, and somehow it comes from... I'm less than unless these expectations are met. Right. Yes. I mean, I, you know, untold numbers of clients and then also friends of mine too, you know, um, who, who, who I see. And of course myself too, I have these expectations about what, what, what it means. Like, you know, we're, we're sort of, um, we're sort of uh, encouraged to, to, to get into some sort of, um, some sort of, um, you know, romantic relationship, and if we don't have one, then there's then then we're less than somehow. And then, oh, by the way, once you get into a romantic relationship, it's supposed to be a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And this idea, I loved the conversation with Charity around, you know, the the the, the you complete me type right. of idea. Right. Um, <laughs> and again, and right, and then and we can really like you can you can connect it to again all sorts of Lori. I think it was you who said about marketing. You know, like to sell these things to sell us on the idea that somehow we are not enough right. to sell us on the idea that we need somebody else to complete us or, and, or by the way, uh, new shoes or, you know, a bo- big box of chocolates or it, flowers. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a, that. It's almost like a creation of a fear and then giving you the solution to that fear. Yes. But if we could look yes. at and not 
be pulled into, wait a minute, that's fear-based. <laughs> and That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. And a lot of our behaviors in relationships are actually fear-based, right? That's the interesting thing. Because when we love, because the truth is when we love, there's always a risk of losing, mm-hmm. whether that's to a breakup or to divorce or to, um, or to death, right? Like we, mm. when we love, we are always, we put our hearts out there. But as the Dalai Lama says, like to, to live with an open heart is sort of the ha- highest good. And so, we, you know, that's just sort of how it is. I've also been sort of intrigued by the idea that um, it's over. You're never you, you stop loving that person, and and I don't think that happens. Yeah. I think the love may change, but there's an acceptance yeah. that um, this isn't this isn't the right fit to really keep fulfilling each other's who we want to be in life. Um, right, and that you can right. still keep loving a person even if you're not Absolutely. with them. Um, and cherish what they were to you, but not yeah. have that be who you are partnering with. And that sense right. of it, it's over and you should shut the door and never think about it. Well, I think that's kind of sad because they added to your life in some way. Right. Well, it's such an either or way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're with this person and you adore them and you love them and yeah. they complete you, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you're and then if you break up, though, all of a sudden they're out of your life. I will tell you that I think the most evolved people, and this isn't true for, you know, if there's abuse involved or right, yeah, right. really Absolutely. affairs, yeah. right? Not the, yeah. the three hard things we say, the three A's, abuse, um, addiction, and affairs, right? right? Like right. It, so outside of that, though, I think when people are able to be, to still be in relationship in some way, shape, or form with their exes, I think that that can be really healthy and functional for everybody involved. This is particularly true when we're talking about people who divorce and who share children. Right. Because once yeah. you share children, right, like you're, um, you know, no matter how, how you've got these children, you are a family and you'll always be a family no matter what the couple at the head of that family decides to do about their particular um, couple relationship. And Kirsten, I love that picture that you and Lori are painting here. Of it's that, that that it really doesn't have to be absolute heaven on earth or absolute meltdown. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of different ways for the energy of love uh, to take its form. And, and I'm thinking back to um, when my parents divorced. Um, mm-hmm. That was a big learning experience for me because uh, we would have holidays together and especially the first mm. months of, okay, there's a divorce happening. And I was just yeah. heartsick. But I also started to learn it was during that period, my mother, mom and dad, I can see they still love each other. I get choked up when yeah. I say that. I can see oh, it. Of course. And I can see it. It's, yeah. it's just going to be different now. And I didn't know. Yeah. I'm still learning about that. Right. Well, and that's such a huge gift that your parents gave you. That 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 implies a real level of maturity, you know, in terms of how they saw the family and how they saw, um, you know, sort of what they were, the impact that the divorce is going to have on the kids and on the family structure. You know, um, that's 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 a really that that and, was a wonderful thing. And, and the biggest gift and it for me, hard to do. Yeah, the biggest gift for me is that they gift. they kept. Uh, Learning about themselves and and sharing yeah. that with me, I yeah. you know my they would say you know, I look back now and I and I realize this and I realize that, what a wonderful model to have in a parent. Right. Yes. No. You're exactly right. And then sometimes people stick together, sort of quote unquote, because of the children, but right. they actually hate each other and they're like 
tossing grenades over the wall. You know what I mean? That, not, not, that not is, a real warm environment. <laughs> oh, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, you know what this reminds me of? You know, um, not that I'm a Greek scholar, but the Greeks had multiple different words yes. for love, right? Yeah. There was eros, which was erotic love, which is very powerful and passionate, which is that's where we have, you know, as a, as a society, of that's where we nail Valentine's to the wall, right, right. under eros. <laughs> but what we're talking about here, I think, I love the word agape, yeah. which is sort of world love. And going back to that great Dalai Lama quote, that idea of an open heart. And that is, I think, honestly, if one were to ask me what I think the secret of life was, I would say, again, to have an open heart. And remember, I totally stole this from the Dalai Lama. That's part of how, how we acquire anything, right, is that we, we uh, feel connected to it. It becomes part of who yeah. we are. I love yeah. agape as well. And it's interesting. It's the first time that I've thought about it this way when you talked about expectations. Um, And when I think of agape, the first time someone was teaching me about agape, and I think it was probably a Presbyterian confirmation class, um, Mm -hmm. was looking at agape not having expectations, that that agape was a state of being and not Mm -hmm. a state of having. Um, Right. And and the celebration of not having expectations, and I, and I assume being very present in the moment is how you do that. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. and with a loving, kind heart. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, the, the piece around loving kindness is um, also really important, which is one of the places where, and also I love that meditation was, um, was mentioned because we, and we also know there's massive neuroscience, especially in the last five or 10 years, neuroscience research around how meditation changes, actually changes how our brain, the patterns of our brain, right? The neural pathways and the loving kindness meditations actually really help us to create more loving kindness in ourselves, even though much of the meditation could be sending loving kindness out. We also then meditate on loving kindness for ourselves, which is a really important part going back to the idea of, the only person who can really complete us is us, right? Because then we bring a full self to someone else and we're not little broken pieces of pottery that have to go find our little shards to, you know, to to, to, to glue together. And and when you say that, it reminds me of a Japanese pottery that when something is broken, you know, they they pull it together with gold because it is in our brokenness that we can celebrate who we are as well. Yes. And there's a lot of different language that we can use around that, but basically the idea is that we can create our wholeness in ourselves, and it's something that we owe, again, in loving ourselves, right? right? We owe that to ourselves to sort of work work on that in an ongoing fashion is how I look at it. Kirsten, for our next segment, I'd love to have you be thinking and about uh, sharing with the audience what are some things, especially around Valentine's Day, um, mm-hmm. to celebrate love in a new way for ourselves? Um, yeah. I know one friend of mine does Galentine, so it's Gal's Night Out. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and it's oh, her, I love that. Her Galentine celebration, and she brings her single girlfriends to go out and party with themselves. You've got some other yeah. ideas for us to be thinking, because it can be really tough on some people this yes. time of the year in terms of if they feel like, again, less than or have fears of of what it yeah. means not to be in relationship. We can be in relationship, and I'd love yes. to have your advice on that. Absolutely. Happy to do it. All right. We'll be right back after a few short commercials. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and hosting with me today is Rick Bernardo. And we have been exploring love connections and the diversity of the types of love 
as well as self-awareness. Tell me a little bit about uh, something that you were thinking about during the break. Me During the break, well, you had just mentioned the Japanese bowl and uh, Kirsten had been talking about the different ways we can sort of uh, put ourselves back together. But also, you know, sometimes we, we, we have a breakdown that uh, I, I know in my life, um, the biggest learning points about love are, are where, is where I had kind of a had a train wreck. <laughs> and I then I had to look at the pieces and go, how did this happen? Uh, otherwise, I never would have. And so I, I think I mentioned I used to be the king of people pleasing. And I had to learn that, you know what, I was kind of trying to control things by never actually owning up to, I really need this, or I really can't tolerate that. I'm just being honest. So, um, but there's also in that vein, uh, it's a song by Peter Mayer uh, called the Japanese Bowl, and it's wonderful. M A Y E R is his last name. He's a local local uh, musician and songwriter. So you check it out. It'll, it'll make you cry, probably. All right. And in the last segment, we asked Kirsten Lind Seal, who is joining us. Uh, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the Twin Cities. And I had asked her to give us some ideas, especially as we go into Love Week, <laughs> yeah. that, that has a lot of expectations around it. There's a lot of pressures and there's a lot of marketing uh, and um, that drives sales, we know. So what's another way that we can embrace you know, love? And you were mentioning Eros is what you know, is, sort of drives the, the Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there other types of loves that we can just take a pause as our friend Charity, yes. and take a pause and, and embrace this week yes. and feel good about. Absolutely. So what I would say is overall, thinking about expanding our definition of love, right? And thinking about the idea that we all so crave belonging. You know, and some of us maybe are in long-term committed relationships and maybe some are in new relationships and maybe some are just out of relationship. But either way, you do, we all have a circle of friends. And even if that circle is tiny, and what I would recommend is to text a Valentine's Day greeting to everybody in your circle. Um, and so, right, because so there's some really interesting new research around texting, even casual texting. And, what, and what, what's interesting is that the people who received the text, it meant so much more to them than the people who sent the text thought it would mean, talking of expectations, right? So, mm-hmm. so what I would say is just a little text saying, Happy Valentine's Day. I was just thinking I have some really good friends from college. There are like six of us and we are all scattered around the country, haven't seen each other since the pandemic. And I was just thinking I'm going to send them a Valentine's Day text to say, hey, I love you guys. I miss you. You know, happy Valentine's Day. So this this sending out of love to to whoever. And, and you know, if you, I mean, sometimes people can think this is goofy, but if you're at the grocery store and you see a <laughs> cashier that you know and just say, hey, happy Valentine's Day, they'll probably look surprised, but I guarantee you it will make them feel a little a little a little shining of happiness. Well, you know what what so it that's... what it brings to mind is how the joy we felt when we were in second grade and we brought those little tiny goofy Aww. valentines exactly. and and the exactly. joy and it really comes down to how do we look at Valentine's Day as more of an acknowledgement versus mm-hmm. Uh, and so how are we acknowledging our friends? How are we right. acknowledging um, our family and just giving them the acknowledgement that they're loved um, yes. and not have other and, expectations besides I want to acknowledge my feelings to you? Well, and the other piece about it is that what you're doing then is you are bringing in, right? You are inviting people in as opposed to this romantic idea that it's just 
sort of you and me against the world. And again, it's not that that's a bad thing in and of itself, but to have that be, you know, it's, it's me and my spouse or me and my beloved and, you know, all you guys, you know, I don't know how you're doing, but right. Like, <laughs> gotcha. It's, it's and- a super narcissistic kind of way of looking at things. And I don't think it helps us. I don't think it helps us as a society and as a community. And I love this image of that you're both describing about uh, that sort of Valentine wish or intention with other people because so much of the the magic of life comes from possibilities. And, and, and what I'm seeing is this possibility of just knocking on that door of possibility with everybody. It doesn't have to go where uh, anywhere in particular, but it's, it's the beginning of creating anything worthwhile in our lives is that sort of just yeah. uh, greeting and reaching out, just, just being open, uh, which itself is a powerful uh, act of vulnerability. And I, I know yeah. I, I bring up connection because, of course, I love it, and that's yeah. why we have that show. But it does create a healthier connection, I think, yeah. to be able yep. to expand our circle of who we are acknowledging that we love. And yeah. we don't have to say to the cashier, perhaps, that we love them, but we can at least right. let them so know we can, that we care we say, and that we want them to have a nice Valentine's way. Day. I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is all very healthy. Well, I, I want to make sure, Kirsten, that folks know how to reach you. Um, should sure. should they yeah. um, want to engage in further conversation with you? Um, K i r s t e n l i n d s e a l dot com. So that's Kirsten Lindseal dot com. And yep. if you just want to, have, we have like a minute or so left. Are, are there some closing thoughts that you'd like to share sure. with our audience? Yeah, I mean, I think going back to this idea of we really need to sort of support and sort of work on ourselves, but not in a sort of yo we yo kind of work way. But in a, <laughs> I saw the Wicked a, Witch just uh, go uh, by. Uh, <laughs> see that? But, in a, but in a loving, kind way. So the other thing I would say in terms of, you know, especially if you're feeling kind of lonely and sad on Valentine's Day, is think of something you'd really love to do. Like it occurred to me that I hadn't seen a show in the longest time and you know, the Guthrie has rush tickets. So I thought, oh, maybe I can, you know, I do have a husband that I will celebrate Valentine's Day with, you know, hurrah, but maybe we'll go do that. Or maybe I'll go see a movie. Literally, I haven't seen a movie since the, since the lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> so like, gotcha. My husband just asked me the other day, are, are they showing movies again? <laughs> <laughs> could could yeah. we go out if, it, if we wanted to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, yes, they it are. It would seem like a huge treat. And so what I would say to people, to folks is, even if you've got someone else to celebrate Valentine's Day with, do think of something lovely to do for yourself. And even if it's like a super fancy coffee at your neighborhood coffee shop or a walk with your pet, you know, on a lovely day. And it looks like we might have some lovely days, you know, in the next couple of days. Yeah. You know, um, grateful about it. So that's what I would say. You know, it's sort of spread the love around, but don't forget to spread the love to yourself. You know what I'm hearing you say is you can give all these Valentines to all these people, but be sure you give a Valentine to yourself. And yeah. what yeah. does that look like? Yes. And I love, Kirsten, you, you talked about, everybody's been talking about uh, expectations around that. There's an old uh, martial arts saying, expect nothing, be ready for anything. And people like Kirsten can help us uh, practice. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. What does that feel like? How do we do that? Yeah. Well, my, so thank wish, you. Exactly. my wish for Valentine's is that everyone creates a very special Valentine for themselves and cherish yeah. it. 
So yeah. thank you for being yeah. a part of our conversation today, uh, making the connection. You're so welcome. And enriching, yeah, I had great fun. enriching our relationships. And we look forward to having our audience join us next week as we continue our Diversity of Love conversation. Thank you.